Concerning Him, an Emmaus podcast is a ministry of Emmaus Bible College. Concerning Him seeks to enrich Christians around the globe by educating and equipping them through various media. For more information about Emmaus, please visit Emmaus.edu. Hello and welcome to another episode of Concerning Him, an Emmaus podcast. Today we're joined by Joel Carter. How's it going, Joel? It's going well. Joel is the chair of the teacher education program here at Emmaus Bible College, and he's also an elder at Great Adventure Church here in Dubuque. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. What, is, what does it mean to be the chair of the education education program? Um, it means I do a lot of the paperwork stuff, stuff other people <laughs> think is boring, make sure our program stays accredited by the State Board of Education, stuff like that. Okay. I think it's a thrill. <laughs> Well, I'm glad somebody does. <laughs> yeah, most people are. Most people are. Well, let's let's start today by just talking about you, your background. Um, just tell us some about how you got to where you are now in life here at Emmaus. Sure. Came to Emmaus in 09. Always knew I wanted to be a college teacher, a college okay. instructor. Yep, yep. So I came to Emmaus in 09, and uh, I majored in Bible exposition and exegesis which I loved. It's totally worth it. Full Bible gamut. And in secondary education and got uh, licensure in social studies and language arts at the secondary level. Graduated. Uh, met my wife, Joe. We got married before I graduated. I graduated, moved back to uh, where I grew up, and I taught public high school social studies for a few years. Got my master's. Uh, Joe and I had couple of girls, and then uh, the Emmaus opportunity showed up. So I'm in my third year now. Came okay. To, came to Emmaus um, two, a little over two years ago now, um, and then became chair this last, just this, this last academic year. year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And where'd you, where'd you get your master's degree from? Liberty. Liberty. What yep. in? What was that? What, what, did, what did you study? Uh, curriculum and instruction. Okay. Education, curriculum, and instruction with a social studies history emphasis. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And and what what are some of the classes that you're teaching here at Emmaus now? I teach classes like educational psychology, um, intro to education, uh, supervised teachers, supervised student teachers as they're teaching, things like that. I teach some, some methods courses, some okay. upper level methods in teaching uh, secondary social studies, language arts, things like that. Great. Yeah. Well, we're happy that you're here. We're happy that you're on the podcast today. And today we're going to be talking about busyness. 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 Not necessarily how to be busy, more how not to <laughs> be crazy busy. Right. Um, I, you know, I've recently heard people make the joke that adulthood is just saying the, this phrase over and over again. It's saying, uh, after this week, things will slow down again. Right. And uh, I have to say, I currently resonate with that. <laughs> Yeah. And I know many others that yeah. do. It's not going to slow down, Eric. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure it won't. You, right. you know. Um, but it, it, it's it's funny because it's true, right? It's funny yeah. because because it, it, you, you're like, yes, I definitely experienced that. First, before we get into this, I want to ask, how did we get here? Why Why is that our mindset? Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, so most of the time people say this has always been a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Problems we think are big problems have been around, you know, for 
thousands of years. I'm sure, I mean, that must be true to some extent in terms of busyness, but man, uh, technology, the internet, global, globalism, um, we can do so much more. We can do so much so efficient, so efficiently now that, uh, I have to think it's uniquely challenging today for those reasons. Do you think this is a problem that is more common in the West or specifically in the U S or is it happening all over the world? What do you have any insight on, on that? I, I don't know. I guess certainly in the West, I would, I wouldn't think there'd be much difference between, you know, Europe versus the U S things like that. I don't know. I mean, I think because I, I guess because I link it to technology in some sense and what that's done to the workplace and to every aspect of life, um, that if you're in places that are behind technologically, it might not be as much of an issue. But in those places, you have other things to other challenges to fill your yeah. time. But for, I guess for us, the clothing on the problem for us is very much tied to technology and that your email's right there all the time, <laughs> right? Um, and dinging, and you can you can go, 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 do, do, do. So many opportunities. We think of opportunities for young people to do, you know, any kind of extracurricular they could fathom. Um, so I guess maybe that part of it is unique to our, okay. part, our part of the world or the modern West, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if we're really as busy as we think think we are. Do you know what I mean by this? <laughs> sure, sure. Um, I, <clears throat> do you think there's a difference in our society between between actually being busy and simply believing that we're busy? Because I know that there have been times in my life personally that I have felt overwhelmed with busyness. And if I sit down and break it down, I'm like, oh, now I feel bad because I just told 20 people how about how busy my life is. And yet it's really not all that busy. But for some reason, I feel overwhelmed. It, do you know what I'm do you know what I'm saying? Sure. I think so. Okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe sometimes there's like a qualitative busyness, like the burdens you have or the things you do are just always weighing on your mind. So you feel pummeled all the time and feel more busy than you are, you know, than your calendar is yeah. or something like that. I think I I guess more often I think there's there's two more there's two general categories maybe. There's people who um so much they, they've built their life to the extent that there's so much me time that that they think is indispensable right okay so the netflix detox at the end of the day and the you know the starbucks run in the morning and i gotta do this and i gotta do that um can't imagine living without those things and so their schedule fills up yeah and they feel like i mean young people i mean i taught ninth graders it was like Mr. Carter, I, I studied all night for that test, right? College students, right? Yeah. I spent all night working on that paper. Um, I remember when I used to say that. And what it means is, you know, I left the dining hall uh, with this paper as the thing I need to do tonight. And over the next eight hours, spent three and a half hours working on the paper and the other um, portion of the time talking to friends, getting distracted by friends, checking email, watching a quick YouTube video, going and watching half the intramural game. And it's like, yeah, you're not, you're not that busy. You're not that busy. So, so that's one category, yes. I guess. That's yes. the facade of busyness. Yeah. And um, with maturity, theoretically, you know, priorities change. 
and you become what what I think of as the other category, which is really what I have more in mind when I think yeah. about how not to be crazy, yes. busy, which is servants of the Lord um, who want to serve. Yeah. They're not wasting their time on entertainment. You know, they they don't need a Starbucks every day. Like they roll out of bed ready to serve people in the church, at work, their neighbors, and they serve, 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 serve. Um, say yes, 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 are given more opportunities because they're servants and people know they are and uh, have a hard time saying no to those opportunities. So those are two very different yeah, kinds of people, absolutely, right? Yeah. And I think my thoughts are more geared towards yeah. that second group. How can you be that person without being it fried? It's, see, Tara, correct me if I'm wrong, wrong. It seems like if you're feeling crazy busy, the first step is, to say which of those two categories it might be. Yeah, get a time chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Log, you know, spend a week logging, you know, every 30-minute chunk or 15-minute chunk of your day and get a get a realistic view about what's going on, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. then let's, let's talk about that second category because yeah. that seems to me, everything you described seems like a good thing. Right. Right, if, if, if I looked at and there's somebody that I know that's living that type of life, <clears throat> I'd say, Man, they're really serving the Lord. Absolutely, that's that's, that's amazing. How can I be like yeah. them? These are all the best people that we know, the most mature, committed people that we know. Yeah. So then, what's what's the issue? What's why is what's it wrong or, with it? What's what's wrong with it? What's why why is that a problem to start with? And then, how do we solve that problem? Yeah, great question. Why is that a problem? Um. It's a problem because I I think I, I mean yeah. some people would say it's not a problem. Yeah. I mean you've you've got one life. Um why wouldn't you give it all you can? Yeah. So, fair. Uh my perspective is it it becomes a problem when quality goes down and when priorities get mixed up. So quality going down meaning um uh, someone someone asked me to have a discipleship relationship with them. Right? Yeah. And when someone asks that of of a pastor or or a mentor, you instantly think of what this could look like, <laughs> right? And I, I have a good friend now who I'm in a discipleship relationship with, with a focus on teaching, right? So, so instantly think, what books could we read? What would be helpful? What sermons could we watch? What experiences could we create, right? How often would we meet? What would we talk about? And you and you're thinking high quality, mm -hmm. right? It's like the outset of any idea or yeah. any ministry, right? You think of what it could be. Yeah. Um, and maybe it starts out that way, right? Because you say yes to that person. Well, if two more of those people come along, all of a sudden, um, you can't do all three that that well. Yeah. Right? So uh, you start, you know, you say you're going to read a book, but you don't have it read by, by the next time you meet. They don't either. No big deal. Right. You know, God is forgiving. The spirit's with us, but, um, you know, time passes and it's like, this isn't all it should be. This isn't all it should be. So you're, you're, you're spread too thin, uh, doing too many things, too many ministries. So you're doing a good enough job that it's not going to crash and burn. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not it's still ministering to people, but the quality's gone down. And I think that's, I guess I think that's, I would argue that's a problem. That's yeah. a problem. Well, so then what is the first step then? You, you're you in that place, you're spread too, too thin, you're trying to do too much. Yeah. What's next? What do you do? Sure. 
Um, so this gets to right part two of the previous question, which is I'll figure out your priorities. Yeah. Because the thing that happens besides quality decreasing is that priorities get mixed up. So this would be classic uh, pastor who has no time for his family, mm-hmm. right? Like I've heard it said, um, for some wives, they would be, be they would be better off if they were a single woman with problems in their husband's church than they are as their husband's wife, right? Yeah. Because then they, yeah. they'd get the attention they need because their yeah. husband is, right? Things like that can mm-hmm. easily get misaligned if you're someone who likes to say, to say yes. So if you find, I guess if you recognize this as a problem for you, I guess would mean you're agreeing with my um, argument that yeah. it is a problem, it's something worth addressing. Uh, first thing is, I mean, when you're in the heat of it, make a to-do list. And decide to say no until you're halfway through that to-do list or three-fourths of the way through, right? But uh, more importantly, yeah, figure out your priorities. Figure out what you actually want to spend your time doing and do it well. Do it well. Um, And what it would look like to do it well. Okay. Um, And that kind of makes things... For me, it makes the extraneous things kind of fizzle away. There's a great article... Um, the most convicting thing you'd ever read on this topic. <laughs> Eugene Peterson, the unbusy pastor. It was a Christianity Today article taken from a book or it became a book. Anyway, um, Eugene Peterson, the late Eugene Peterson, who was a pastor, said pretty much he got to the point where he decided his role as a pastor was these two or three things. I can't remember, you know, mm-hmm. what exactly, prayer, I think prayer, listening, and ministry of the word, something <clears throat> like that, Okay, right? And he decided... Uh, he wasn't going to do any of the other stuff anymore. The administrative stuff, the the little stuff that people expected him to do, yeah. but that was like, what am I, what am I doing here? You know, it's like when you, I'm sitting at my desk and spend 25 minutes organizing a Google Drive folder or something. Like, yeah. What am I doing? You yeah. know, like how how is this? Uh, and uh, he ends the article, you know, after laying the conviction on. He ends it by saying. Uh, he stopped doing those things and wondered if anyone would notice, and nobody did. Interesting. Which is, which I think was a, a point well taken. Yeah. And maybe that gets to one of your early questions about feeling like we're more busy than we are. Yeah. Are you are you burdening yourself with things that don't really minister to people? They're important to you. Um, you know, do you arrive at church an hour before the service every Sunday to make sure every chair is perfectly lined up. Do people really care about that? I don't know. No, not really, <laughs> you know. Um, so that's maybe part of it too. Okay. Yeah. What's what's hard about this, I feel like, is when you're in the moment. So maybe you've, you've taken the time, you've you've tracked how much a day, how much time uh-huh. a day you're, you're spending on each thing. You're, uh-huh. You've made your priority list. And then somebody comes up to you and they say, I need your help or I want to do this. Right. Like like the idea of somebody talking about discipleship, right? And you're like, that Such seems a, like a great thing. I just, I just cleared my <laughs> schedule. Of course I could add something. How do you know when something is a worthwhile ministry? And you're like, obviously it seems like the Lord's calling me to do this or I'm going to be, or is, am I going to be doing them a disservice by saying yes, because I really can't pour myself into that. Yeah, such a good question. So I think, right, you've analyzed your time, 
you're not wasting your time on Netflix or on your phone or on entertainment, right? You're one of these people who's serving the Lord. You analyze your priorities, right? And you decide these are the things God wants me to do. So for me, it's my work at Emmaus, shepherding at my church, and my family. I like keeping it simple. Yeah. Right? And then some sometimes so i guess my part of my answer is set, set your boundaries before that happens mm-hmm. so for example how many nights a week do you need home with your wife and kids depends on where it depends on your season mm-hmm. depends on you and your wife your personalities are you high quality time people are you not right if you, so decide i've got to be home by 5 for the rest of the night not doing any work x number of nights a week two, three, four, um, things like that are helpful, helpful to me. Okay. Because it just lays out the time because then it's like, you know, so my wife and I are involved in small group ministry. Mm -hmm. That's a midweek evening a week, right? That is, that's for ministry. Um, and I teach Sunday school, which is a Sunday morning thing, but both of those things pretty much take one evening of prep. Yeah. Right. So there's, so there's three evenings and Sunday morning, right? Mm -hmm. We want to do hospitality once a week, at least. There goes another evening, right? So we haven't even started talking about the spontaneous relational <laughs> things, the things that come up in, in eldership that yeah. are anticipated, right? So unless you want to be demolished, you've kind of got to say, like, this is it. This is what I'm focusing on. And so so then yeah, that person comes to you with wanting a formal discipleship relationship or with a new ministry idea and it would minister to people it would be good for you to Mm -hmm. to do the prep it'd be good for that person you could you could even do it better than the people you know they're going to go to next (laughs) right which is true some of the time right um it'd be a good thing but you've got to say no you've got to say no because i think something that's helpful for me is Jesus is not going to abandon this person because you say no, hmm. right? Even that person, this person is a child of God. Say they're immature, they want to learn, they see you as a mentor, they ask you to disciple them. How could you possibly say no to that? Well, you could say no because you you have what you know you need to spend your time on. And if you say no to that person, it's not like Jesus is going to abandon them and their spiritual maturity is just mm-hmm. down the tubes, right? But that's how we feel. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel. It's like, how could I say no to such a good thing? Jesus is the person who grows people and changes hearts. Uh, book recommendation, The Imperfect Pastor, Zach okay. Swine, a friend of mine, one of my best friends who's also a um, an elder at a church. There's a section of that book, especially on the omnis, which is the t- a, a pastor's temptation to feel like they need to be omnipresent, interesting, omniscient, everywhere and everything for everyone yeah. all the time. And uh, she uses the example that Christ, for example, limited himself in time and space, mm-hmm. right, when he was on earth or when he when he took on human flesh and that uh, Jesus is the one working in these people. You can't be God to your congregation or your friends. So it's okay. It's okay to say no. There's, there's danger when we try to take on those incommunicable attributes, right? Yeah. Right. Would to try to say, these are the things, these, this is the way God is that we can't be, but maybe not intentionally. Mm-hmm. Right. But trying to be 
like him in this way that we, we yeah. can't be. Yeah. Um, that's important. I love church history, right? And so as we have this right. conversation, I can't help but to think about all of the all of the men or all of the people of church history that you read these biographies on and it's like they never slept. They never like ever once did anything <laughs> fun. <laughs> they yeah. read every single book possible, mm-hmm. right? They're they're reading all the philosophers, they're reading all the church fathers, they're they're reading everybody who's writing in their current day. They're they're pouring over scriptures for hours and hours. You read mm-hmm. these stories of them just spending two, three, four hours a day in prayer. And they're doing all of these things. And so you you read about these guys, you read these biographies, and you're so I'm so convicted. I'm like, man, my my little time spent in scripture compared to, <laughs> you know, fill in the blank uh-huh. historical person. How could I ever how could I ever live up to that or that? And how do we how do we reconcile that? How 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 can we how can we make sure that while we're trying to limit ourselves and cut things out and have these priorities that we don't just throw away our devotion to the Lord and mm-hmm. our relationship with him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think what has been helpful for my wife and I is kind of a, I think a lot has been attached to, or, or our understanding, I guess, of modern pastoral work. Um, or modern Christian service has a lot of a lot of conflations, a lot of baggage, and so I guess here's what I mean by that for us. So, so my wife and I are so we spend a lot of time in in church ministry, right? Because I'm an elder, she's an elder's wife, and uh, lots of programs, lots of this, lots of that, lots of relationships, and I think we tend to overemphasize the need for those things. Okay. So the the program thing is kind of a bigger conversation about, you know, the nature of the church and church structure and stuff like that. Um, So I guess just suffice it to say that the more programs, the better is not a good way to approach it, I don't think. Yeah. Right? But on the more personal level, we we value, like, community. I Mm -hmm. mean, talk about, like, buzzword of the decade for (laughs) for what it means to be a real church, right? Um, We don't just come and sing and sit under teaching together. We do real church, you know, we're <laughs> yeah. in each other's lives, uh, which is, is good. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, you read the end of Acts two about having them having everything in common, breaking bread day to day from house to house. And you read yeah. through, you read through, they're, they're selling all their stuff and they're living right. in the community. Yeah. It's obvious that yeah. there's, that there is a certain level of commitment. That means you are, you're engaging with one another way beyond Sunday morning. Yeah. So I'm all about that. But but from it becomes overwhelming mm-hmm. to feel like you have to, have I called that person this month? Do I know? I don't really know that person, right? And there's there's a lot of people in the church, yeah. right? You can't um you can't do it all. You can't do it all. So for us, we've we've used here's another plug. Okay. All these people, I should be getting like free books from these publishers or something <laughs> for the, the millions of people who are going to watch this podcast. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Um, 
we have used the School of the Shepherds, which is Alex Strauch's biblical eldership re- biblical eldership resources. Yeah, um, we just we just had Dave Anderson on talking about. Oh, that. right, yeah, right, yeah. He does some. Of, he's yeah. creating some of the curriculum. So for us, we reached this point where it was like, okay, what is eldership really about? What's okay. shepherding really about? And this curriculum, which is really, they kind of rearranged all the resources on their website into into courses, modules. So you watch videos. You read books, excerpts, so incredibly helpful because it it takes the explicit passages of the New Testament about what shepherding is, mm-hmm. right? So Acts chapter 6, the, the shepherds want to spend time in the ministry of the word and prayer, which is why they need deacons. Yes. Right? The qualifications in Timothy and Titus. Uh, Peter, talking about caring for the flock protecting the flock, feeding the flock, mm-hmm. right? Um, getting down to those basics and devotion to the word as a person, yeah. as a man. And so convicting, but so focusing. That's what's helped me. That's what helps me to get those priorities right. Okay. So it's, it's like, yeah, we should be, I mean, you want to be a man of God? You want to be you want to be a shepherd, an under-shepherd under Christ, a shepherd of God's people? Um, you want to devote your life to others? You've got to be a person of the book, yeah. as Alex Strack would say, yeah. right? Get up early, read the Bible, study the Bible, stay up late reading the Bible, studying the Bible, right? And these things compete with, compete with, sorry, microphone, <laughs> Those they sometimes compete with those other things that we attach to shepherding. Yeah. Right. All the coffee dates, all the lunches with people, mm-hmm. all the ministry, all the hospitality, all the programs, those yeah. can totally compete. Yeah. Right. And so you have to say that no, it's my view that being a shepherd, um, being the being who I think I need to be in Christ mm-hmm. means devoting X number of hours a day, a week to the study of the word for mm-hmm. no, for not necessarily any particular reason. Right. Yeah. I see. I don't want to be the kind of person who studies for sermons. Yes. Right. And, and not yeah. any other time. Yeah. Right. So it's that kind of refocusing mm-hmm. I think is really, really healthy, but it does kind of go counter to things yeah. and it's tough. Yeah. yeah. It's tough, but it's good. There's so there is, I see what you're saying. There's a danger there in saying I am, I am so busy with my ministry yeah. that I've lost time for understanding God through his word, right? right. And, and how could I possibly do my ministry well right? unless if I'm constantly just being engulfed by the word, right? And, and just and, right. and, and swimming in, in that ocean. Um, yeah, yeah. Swim, get, getting fed, taking it in, growing yeah. with the Lord. Yeah, and it's, it's easy to feel like, when you're having lunch discipling this person, you're doing ministry. Mm-hmm. When you're sitting at home, when you say no to something like that and you're sitting at home reading your Bible, it doesn't feel as much like ministry, mm. but it is. Yeah. It is. And one practical trick, this comes from Eugene Peterson too, is uh, he says we worship the calendar. Interesting. So the tip is decide that this night is date night with my wife, mm-hmm. right? Or these nights are nights at home. This time is time I'm going to devote to prayer or study of the yeah. word. And those are appointments on your schedule. Okay. So you want to get together? I've got an appointment. Interesting. And Peterson points out people won't touch that. 
right? <laughs> you say, I, I was gonna um, go out to dinner with my wife that night. It's like, couldn't you do that another night? Yeah. I mean, this is really important to me. You could reschedule that, couldn't you? I mean, you and your wife live together, right? That's kind of the, <laughs> yeah. the sense. You yeah. say, sorry, I've got an appointment. Can't, can't make it happen that night. Hmm. And it works. Interesting. I've, yeah, I've done it. It works. No one, no one asks questions about that. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, there's huh. your tip. Well, thank so now you. everyone, now everyone's going to suspect <laughs> if I say I have an appointment. Well, I mean, it could be. It could be. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. And Thanks for having me. Well, uh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm actually positive we're going to be getting you on another time. Sounds great. Hopefully, to sometime soon. I'll try not to make your life too busy, though. No, it's great. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. Thank you very much, Joel. You bet. Thank you for listening to Concerning Him, an Emmaus podcast. Ministries like Concerning Him are possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu slash partner.